this is Danielle Fischel. You're listening to Markin' Out. This is Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. Spreading like this Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Markin' Out, y'all. We Markin' Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Markin' Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Episode 529. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. I'm doing awesome as always. I won't be on uh, joined by Chris again, unfortunately. Chris Sweendog on Twitter at DaveTheRave underscore MO. Dave is joining us a little bit later on. Uh, but for now, let me just uh, fill you guys in on my, my little week. Uh, I decided to cook a bunch. I wanted, uh, I wanted to make brisket. So I made brisket in the oven with some onions, celery, carrots, potatoes. It came out so good. And I ended up making it again, but it was a bit too spicy, so I think I put too much paprika in it, but again, it was still very good. Uh, But I also decided I wanted to make more matzo balls, so I made more. I didn't even measure anything. That's how simple the, the recipe was to remember. And I made one the size of a baseball just because I could. It was such an easy thing to make, and I don't, I, I really have no idea how I ever thought that it was like one of the most difficult things to do, but I'm glad it was very, very simple to make, and it was delicious. But I also got some Cheesecake Factory again this week. I tried the new, or the newer Thai chicken salad, which is basically like the lettuce wraps, the Thai lettuce wraps, but it's in salad form and a bit spice, uh, a bit more spicy. Um, I enjoyed it, but I definitely think I would enjoy it more eating it there than at my house. But uh, that's really, I didn't really do much else that, that this week. Um, just watched a bunch of wrestling, starting with Impact Wrestling. We had Deanna Perrazzo pick up the victory over Jazz. We saw Susan get involved early on. Jordan Grace, for some reason, didn't retaliate. And then Susan used her shoe, which looked like it was right in front of the referee's face. I didn't understand that. Uh, We saw the Good Brothers backstage telling stories, and Eddie Edwards walked in and said that since they lost the titles, they're back trying to be the boys. And then he told them to leave. Good Brothers passed by the Decay, who made fun of them for losing the titles as well. Uh, Then we saw TJP pick up the victory over Ace Austin via disqualification. So Ace Austin retained the X Division Championship. Madman Fulton got involved at the very, very end to help out Ace Austin. Ace Austin to retain. Uh, It was a really good match, though. And I'm glad that we're probably getting this match again. Uh, because the beatdown, we're probably getting a tag team match first. Josh Alexander made the save, and uh, they went running. We had a sit-down interview with Matt Cardona. Uh, They spoke about him being happy in Impact, kind of being a pioneer in social media, and then finally moved on to bad mood, Brian. Brian Myers. Uh, He just basically reiterated that he's not 
in impact for Brian. He's there for himself. But because Brian keeps talking trash, he issued a challenge with uh, the stipulation, I guess, being when the match is over, they're done. I thought maybe we'd see a loser leaves impact match, but I guess that's not the case. Um, And when they say done, I guess it's like we're done feuding. Earlier in the night, though, we saw a Swingers Palace ad, which I have to say is way more enjoyable than that very, 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 very disturbing AEW casino game commercial. That one literally just, like, sends chills down my spine. It's not a good commercial. (laughs) But it leads to uh, us seeing Rohit Raju seeing Falaba sleeping in a makeshift tent due to being so addicted to gambling. And Rohit basically just ran him down and Fala challenges him. And the match, you would think maybe Fala would have some luck, but he's still on that bad luck streak. Rohit Raju picks up the victory over Fala. Uh, He used the the tights to win, so maybe Fala's luck will soon turn around. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you get the, the luck to turn around. I don't know who he needs to team with or get somebody on his side. I don't know. But after that, we saw Kenny Omega and Don Callis in a... Well, I thought this was a terrible promo. uh, Like, really awful. Um, On Dynamite, we saw them 69 each other. And on Impact, they spoke about sucking it over and over and over again. I just thought this was an absolutely awful promo. But Rich Swan responded to it later on, and he said that he's always gotten the best of Kenny when it's just them. Whether or not that's... I'm, there's no way. Rich Swan is going to lose the, the Impact Championship, 100%. There's no way he's not. Uh, we saw Eric Young... And a vignette with the other members of Violent by Design, which the main focus was Rhino becoming the war machine that he once was again. He looked really, really, uh, he looked like broken Matt Hardy in this video. I don't know how else to describe Rhino. Like his hair was all like broken mats and everything. It was really, was weird. Uh, but we saw Havoc and Nevaeh interviewed, which they, again, they want a tag team title match, which makes no sense. They've already had that, but Fire and Flava cut this off. Uh, and then Tennille ends up asking Nevaeh to be partners when Havoc thought she was asking her again. So I, maybe we will see some sort of like division between Havoc and Nevaeh because of Tennille eventually. Um, but earlier in the night, we saw Trey Miguel pissed off backstage. Uh, Triple XL got into his face and Tommy stopped them. He sets up a match for Hardcore Justice, which we found out will be earlier on in the day. The same night as WrestleMania, same day as WrestleMania, I should say. Uh, but then to- Tommy spoke to Trey and told him not to let anyone get into his head. We saw the match. Trey Miguel picks up the victory over AC Romero. Sick pounce from AC. I thought that was really cool. But Larry D attacked Trey Miguel afterwards. And Sammy Callahan hacks himself into the gimmick. 
helps Trey Miguel out and hacks himself out. Something that didn't air on Impact was Sammy Callahan telling Don Callis that whoever wins at Rebellion, they have a date with the Death Machine. So I'm down to see Kenny versus Sammy Callahan for sure in a one-on-one. I think the only other time that they might have wrestled was PWS, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, in a fatal four-way between Matt McIntosh, who was champion, Kenny Omega, Sammy Callahan, and Mario Bokora. McIntosh, uh, he was uh, able to retain by pinning Sammy. Uh, And that match, I believe, is on YouTube, so you can check that out. We saw James Storm and Chris Sabin interviewed. James Storm has uh, his 1,000th match in Impact next week. Uh, He addressed Violent by Design here, and Scott Damore came in and made that 1,000th match against Eric Young. I know some people on, on Twitter were calling for it to be for the Impact Championship, but... Eric Young versus James Storm, two TNA originals. Uh, it would be that'd be a, that's a f- cool match to see, and it's probably really meaningful towards to uh, to James Storm. After that, the main event we saw Carl Anderson defeat Eddie Edwards. I popped big time at Brian Hebner making Doc Gallows sit in the chair after he was distracting Eddie Edwards. Uh, he like literally went outside, pulled out a chair, and made him sit in it. I thought that was funny. But Gallows ended up using that chair to hit Eddie Edwards with. And that was like the big finish. Carl Anderson was able to pick up that victory there. And afterwards, we saw Finn Juice appear on the screen, basically just making fun of the Good Brothers for, I guess, not having their titles anymore. But that was Impact. And they announced starting April 8th, they are officially moving to Thursday nights. That comes with the rumor that NXT is moving to Tuesday nights. So there's literally wrestling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes Saturday, sometimes Sunday. But I definitely appreciate Impact moving (laughs) Just in case, because if they didn't, then I would not have been able to cover Impact because I would be watching NXT Live for sure. And I don't get AXS TV to DVR it. Moving over to AEW Dynamite, it opens up with Kenny Omega picking up the victory over Matt Seidel to retain the AEW Championship. This spawned from the first episode of AEW Dark Elevation, which... Uh, was quite possibly one of the worst promos in wrestling history from Tony Khan. The match, though, was good. But there was no way I could watch this. And I have no idea, no way I could watch this without uh, thinking there was, like, there was no way that Matt Seidel was winning this. There was no way Matt Seidel was winning. And I don't understand how the fans were, like, I, I get, yeah, the, a good match is a good match, but I don't understand how you could get into false finishes when you, like, there's no way Matt Seidel was winning that title. So, I guess there's always that that hope. Four-letter word begins with an H. Adam Page picks up the victory over Cesar Bononi afterwards. Commentary 
painted this as an impressive victory, but I don't think beating somebody who's mainly been on AEW Dark is an impressive victory. They did mention, though, Kenny, uh, uh, not Kenny, Adam Page building his way up to maybe face Kenny Omega for the AEW Championship again, which I definitely don't want, but maybe Adam Page is going to end up being the guy that dethrones Kenny Omega, like way, way later down the line, which that would like finally get Adam Page's big, like I am champion moment in AEW. We saw Lance Archer. Again, I think he's under a bridge or whatever. He spoke about Sting. Definitely don't think we need that match. I don't know if it's leading to a match, but it seems like it's leading to a match. Don't need that match. Britt Baker came out. Tony wanted the crowd to uh, put Baker over due to the match last week. I think that's kind of weird to have them like, oh, come on, you have to cheer for her. But she cuts a promo on Thunder Rosa. And said that she does not need the praise from everybody. She doesn't need the praise from legends. She thanked Mick Foley for the thumbs up. And said that it took him 20 years to become a hardcore legend. When it only took her one night. And I don't know why she's cutting a promo on Mick Foley. Unless maybe Mick Foley is now going to be involved in AEW. I have no idea. But she said that she's put AEW on the map with that match. Um, good, solid promo from Britt Baker. Just confused with the Mick Foley part. And so far, I don't think, uh, yes, they main evented last week and it was a really good match, but this episode didn't really seem like there was a change. So, we're going to have to keep watching to see if there truly will be a change in AEW. Backstage, we saw Christian hanging out with the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin from Top Flight. Uh, he was just giving them advice for their upcoming match. And Kazarian cuts us off. Says he that, that he lives by Christian's catchphrase, which is the outwork everyone. And he questioned when the work part begins in AEW. And Christian let him know that he is free next week, which sets up Christian's first match in AEW. Straight out of TNA 2007 is Christian versus Kazarian. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, that's I. there's nothing else to say about that, I guess. But the match up next, we saw FTR and Sean Spears pick up the victory over the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. That obviously was like, like, hello, clearly that was going to happen. One spot I didn't like, though, was when the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin were going to go flying over the top rope onto the pinnacle, and they stopped just because Wardlow stepped in front of them. If anything, wouldn't that give you, like, more reason to jump out onto somebody? But this match was relatively short, and it was the outcome you assumed. Wardlow then attacks Brian Pillman afterwards while Griff Garrison just stood there doing nothing. But it was a good first match for the Pinnacle. Um, it just maybe looked more like it was a match for AEW Dark. Kind of like Adam Page versus Bononi. Uh, the Pinnacle was interviewed by Tony Schiavone afterwards. 
they all basically made fun of the inner circle. Including MJF using a break the walls down reference to Chris Jericho. I believe Jericho might own that phrase now. Um, yeah. After that, Team Taz had a uh, segment backstage or wherever they were. Taz reassured everybody that there was no problems within Team Taz. And that Brian Cage apologized to the group and specifically Ricky Starks for what he said last week. Ricky Starks kind of seemed like he wasn't into the apology. Kind of seemed like he was forced to say yes. But as of now, Team Taz is still going strong. In quotes. Super heavy on the promos this week. QT Marshall came out and was interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He said that the end game of this was QT wanting a, uh, or he just wanted an exhibition match. He spoke about Cody the whole time. He wants an exhibition match. Uh, Cody came out. And even though his arm is in a sling, he accepted. He made Arn Anderson as the referee. And he said he's not going to be trying to hurt QT Marshall in this match. Uh, to me, I hear that and it kind of sounds disrespectful. Like, I'm not going to try to do this. Well, what if QT Marshall tries to do it to you? After that, the match uh, probably of the night, Lucha Bros... Although I did enjoy Kenny Omega and Matt Seidel. That buckle bomb spot spot was maybe my favorite spot from uh, Dynamite this week with Omega and Seidel. But Lucha Bros teamed up with Laredo Kid to pick up the victory over the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. Uh, Laredo Kid ends the match with the Spanish Fly and pins Cutler. It takes the heat off of the Lucha Bros. It takes the heat off of Young Bucks. Neither of them have to take the loss. It's Brandon Cutler that lost. Uh, Omega then shows up, attacks Laredo Kid, as if uh, we're back in, what, 2000, well, 2020, I believe they had a singles match. Um, So there's history there with Kenny and Laredo Kid as a singles competition, but they had Fighter Fest. They had Fighter Fest back in 2019, and he brought that up, and he brings up how they teamed up. And now it seems like the Young Bucks are choosing Brandon Cutler over him. And he gave them one last chance to stand with Kenny Omega and to sweet him. And they left. And he yelled. He said they're done. Lucha Bros then rocked him with a double super kick. Package pile driver and foot stomp combo. Good Brothers come out a little late to check on Kenny Omega who was there bleeding from the mouth. I think the, the weirdest part of this was when Kenny Omega was attacking, uh, I want to say Laredo Kid, using the, the championship, looking like he was uh, attacking him with a title belt from No Mercy and for N64. But the Kenny, uh, not the, the Kenny, the Good Brothers, Kenny Omega teaming up next week to take on the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. We saw a promo from Jade, a pre-taped segment, basically just about Red Velvet. Don't really have interest in seeing this in a, uh, seeing this feud continue. It made no sense from the start. Um, so 
Uh, and then they announced the new reality television program, Roads to the Top. This uh, this is basically the AW version of Total Divas, Total Bellas, Ms. and Mrs. I like those shows, so I uh, I definitely I'm gonna be watching that. After that, we saw Eddie Kingston and John Moxley backstage. Eddie Kingston had a broken something, according to him. It was, I guess, his leg, something in his leg. But they spoke about the Good Brothers, brought up not liking the Young Bucks, but now they owe them a favor. And John Moxley does not like owing people favors. Uh, it's not really a feud that I care about, but I can only assume that we're going to be maybe seeing... Young Bucks and Kingston and Moxley get involved in that that six-man tag next week with the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega? Maybe. After that, we saw Ty Conti pick up the victory over Nyla Rose. Dark Order came out, cheer her on before the match, and then they left. She's not in Dark Order yet. Uh, and I 100%, I was not expecting Ty Conti to pick up the victory here. But I'm glad she did, and it was a, a solid match for her. Vicky Guerrero holds her leg afterwards when she was celebrating. Nyla Rose attacks her. Hikaru Shida ends up running out, hits Nyla Rose with the, the kendo stick. Um, and then the bunny ran out to attack Hikaru Shida. And a tag team match gets set up for next week. Matt Hardy, though, gets on the microphone, calls the women's tournament tournament. That was a weird way to say tournament. <laughs> uh, sham because the bunny was not even in it. I don't know if they finished the promo too early, but they were just left there standing for, for what seemed like five minutes. It wasn't five minutes, maybe like 30 seconds extra. It was weird, but uh, it was interesting. Uh, an interesting setup to a tag team match, I guess. After that, we saw the Arcade Anarchy set up. I guess Kip Sabian and Miro accept Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor's request. I don't see Miro and Sabian winning. And then I guess maybe after they lose, Miro turns on Sabian. Maybe, hopefully. Where's Miro? Where's the Beast? Where's Rusev? We saw a Scorpio Sky promo again uh saying that this isn't a new side of him it's just a new side uh it's not a new him it's a new side of him that we just haven't seen before and you would think maybe this is leading to something big but apparently it's just leading to a match on elevation which i'm i said it last week i'm not watching that i tuned into the first episode i'm not watching another AEW Dark like that. Uh, main event, though, saw Darby Allen pick up the victory over Johnny Silver to retain the TNT Championship. We saw Dark Order ringside. Allen Angels uh, takes a suicide dive from Darby Allen, pushes John Silver out of the, the way. And then Tony Schiavone acts like it was the biggest moment in AEW's history when Sting showed up to uh, back up Darby Allen. Even though Dark Order really wasn't getting involved there. And I don't understand that one spot where Darby Allen decided to take them all out. They're both faces in this match. 
It didn't make sense. They were all standing, doing nothing. They're they're not interfering in the match with the exception of that one spot where Allen takes the, the dive for Johnny. But it's 100% nice to see John Silver in the main event. And I enjoyed this match. And the crowd maybe kind of seemed disappointed that John Silver lost. But they paid respect to each other after the match with the fist bump. But Matt Hardy grabbed Darby Allen out of the ring. Beats him up. This led to a huge brawl. Uh, the bunny was out there. So Ty Conti got involved. And AEW goes off the air with that huge brawl and a plug for Tarzan. Which was coming up for on TNT. Uh, I'm, I'm not... I don't know. I don't know if we necessarily needed a huge brawl to end Dynamite like that. But... Yeah, that was that was dynamite. We're going to head over to a quick break, a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped and we'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick. You get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. So essentially, it's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. And they just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my lawnmower 3.0 my camera batteries and my phone all on the same shelf huzzah if you're listening to me speak right now i want you to experience it firsthand for yourself trim that junk of yours and get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code regardless that's one for this uh, read at manscape.com your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. And we're back on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans, episode 529. Thank you so much to Manscaped for sponsoring us. Head over to manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping. 
I'm sorry if you're offended by our ads when we post them during a pay-per-view, but that's not my fault. It's a simple ad, and Manscaped is not just for men. Women can use it too. Pick up the Lawnmower 3.0. Pick up anything. Body wash, there's boxers, there's a t-shirt, some cologne. No need to get angry that we're putting over manscaped.com use the code regardless for 20 percent off free shipping thank you we're gonna bring on dave now dave how you doing hey i am doing great and to be honest with you i am exhausted i just want to i was watching smackdown and while watching smackdown i was lying in bed and i just wanted to stay there i just wanted to close my eyes and doze on off Enter slumberland and go to sleep. How about you? I am awake and probably will be awake for another eight hours at least. I bet. God bless you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But God how was your bless. week? My week has been good. You know? It's been very busy. I feel like every week it just goes by so quickly at times. And the weather has been incredible outside. Yes. Don't want to jinx that mm-hmm. at all because last time I said how great the weather was, uh, it snowed. Yeah, I mean, I even went to the park on last Saturday. I went for a walk at the uh, the Merrick Mountain. Merrick Mountain. So, yeah, is, is that a at garbage dump? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, at the dump, I went to the dump. <laughs> uh, went for a walk over there, and it's always like. I always love going to the. I love the going walk to the there. dump. I love going to the dump. You know, no, I I love going for a walk there because when you get to the very top, you have a perfect view of New York City. <laughs> when you get and... to the very top, you got to walk all the way down. <laughs> hey, that sounds that, awful. That's true. That's true. You know, no, I love it. I love going up there and looking across and seeing the city and stuff. And I think that there's nothing like New York City. You know, I mean. I, I right now I'm I'm into I'm looking for real estate and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out where I want to end up, and it's so difficult to end up anywhere far from New York City. Or, well, when I mean, you Long say Island, New York City, New York you City. mean Manhattan? Yeah, Manhattan. You definitely don't mean Staten Island. <laughs> no, I mean, what did they ever? No offense, the Staten Island, but you know, no, no, Staten Island knows they know. So yeah, I mean, step it up a little bit. You know, but yeah, I mean, you got MSG, you got everything that you need in the city. It's yeah. You got MSG, grammar, C, et cetera. I all of that. can't think of anything else that rhymes right now. <laughs> all of that. All of that. You know, but Central P, yeah, boom. There you go. I mean, been paying attention to this uh, evergreen ship. Evergreen? You know? Never heard of it. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. It's the uh, the Suez Canal. The oh, that it huge tilt, container yeah, ship. It tipped over. I heard that. Yeah. No, no, it didn't tip or it over. Didn't tip it's, over. It's, no, I have no idea. Yeah, it's blocking the canal. Oh. And so it's a like it's a billion dollar route for trading, and this huge cargo ship is right now instead of going straight. Somehow, a gust of wind or something blew it sideways. So, it's legit blocking the canal. So, no trade route 
is able to get through there. Hmm. So, like, every hour they're losing billions of dollars because of this one ship. Wow. Yeah, so I've been pretty amused by uh, watching that, you know, good times. Speaking of watching stuff, WWE Network, although they ceased to exist in the United States on April 4th, uh, no longer exists for me. My account, it was, it was day one, February 24th. So it expired. It would renew every month and it expired March 24th and I can no longer try to even renew it. It won't let me. And wow. that is so disappointing. Sorry to hear that. But Fastlane was the first official pay-per-view on Peacock which was two minutes behind WWE Network, so I went and just watched it on WWE Network, and I felt, literally, I felt like the band on the Titanic playing (laughs) as the ship was going down. I thought I was going to be there, like, the last day, April 4th, but no. That was, it was, it's it sucks, because Peacock has a lot of stuff wrong with it right now. So hopefully they they fix everything that... uh, that was wrong, and especially I, I'm gonna give them. Um, what 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 word am I looking for? The benefit of the doubt, because this was their first live. Well, technically their first live pay per view. I'll say because their first live show on Peacock would be 205 Live. Mm-hmm. So hopefully everything gets fixed with that. But Fast Lane took place at the Thunderdome. The second Thunderdome. Kickoff show, we saw Riddle pick up the victory over Ali to retain the United States Championship. At one point, we saw that Kyrie Sane pin reversal. Um, and for the amount of time that Matt Riddle's shoulders were down, I think it could have easily been a three count. Yeah, he could have disputed that one. But this was a good match. I like that the small package roll through that Riddle did into the small package driver. Yeah, that was a nice reversal. And then we saw the bro Derek from the middle rope to end the match, but the bigger aftermath, Mustafa Ali yelled at Retribution, Reckoning gets in his face, and then she leaves. Slapjack follows her, and then Mason T-Bar get a double choke slam. Ali and Yeah, we've been... I mean, I, I think I said it last week that it's go- only a matter of time until these people get sick and tired of being yelled at by Ali. Um, but now, the thing is, where does this lead to for all of the above? I was expecting them to be mentioned on Monday Night Raw, and they weren't. Yeah. Um. So maybe they're just going to like give it time before like Mia Yim comes out or something. I have no idea. I mean, do you do you maintain retribution or maintain them together? Or it seems like T Bar and now? Mace would would be staying together. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll see a new leader of Retribution. Everyone will say Retribution sucked until CM Punk shows up as the new leader, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, I don't know. And like where does Ali go from here? I don't know. Kind of kind of stinks. But the but... first match on the actual card we saw Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax successfully retain the tag team 
championships against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair? Um, I think that this match was a good match, but it was predictable. Yeah. You know, I... Well, no, I can't say it was predictable because I think I picked Banks and Belair. That is true. You did pick them to get the W. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair worked so well together as a team. I've said that a bunch of times before. They came out in matching gear, color-wise at least. Mm-hmm. But we saw Reginald get involved. They were able to recover from that. Um, but still, not not enough. Yeah, because we saw Shayna Baszler, uh, not Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax tossed Bianca Belair into Sasha Banks, and that's when it all went downhill. They started to argue. Yeah, Sasha got a little bit too distracted, and, uh, you know, I blame Sasha on this yeah, one. Yeah, and, Sa- and Shayna Baszler rocked, uh, not rocked, but hit Sasha Banks with a schoolboy to pick up the victory there. Nasty, nasty schoolboy. And they uh, continued to argue after the match, and Sasha Banks slapped Bianca Belair pretty damn hard. Oh, yeah. Setting up that match. Yeah. Next up, you had Big E pick up the victory over Apollo to retain. Um, Big E went was, hard from the start. Yeah, I, I like this match a lot. The ending, though. I don't know... Mm-hmm. It seemed like there was a goofy ending. Big E reversed the pin, but it looked like his shoulders were also down. Oh, yeah. So I assumed That's that true. maybe it was just going to continue the feud. Um, but we did see Apollo Crews attack Big E after that, but that was not even mentioned at all on SmackDown. Yeah, I thought that it was going to be more of a disputed pin, but I guess maybe they're just going to roll with it and not bring it up. Um, but I thought Apollo did amazing in this match, but yeah, that closing was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, speaking of weird after that, there was a commercial break for old spice where Eric Bugenhagen was portraying an old spice spokesman. And accidentally won the 24-7 championship from R-Truth. And then R-Truth won it back, like, right away. But there are apparently going to be multiple commercials featuring this. Hmm. So I I think that's weird. <laughs> but I didn't mind it. I thought it was funny. You know, all publicity is good publicity, so why not? I mean, it wasn't. Nobody else is seeing this except for WWE. It's not like an yeah. all an Old Spice commercial like that's airing on TV at all. That just hey, you never that's know. That's not going to happen. But <laughs> earlier, uh, they showed Shane McMahon on the kickoff show training before Fastlane. He injured his quote unquote injured his knee, and he was walking backstage. Elias came up to him. Wanting to perform at WrestleMania. And then Shane gets the idea to put him in his spot against Braun Strowman at Fastlane. So Shane has Elias perform for a quick second. It gets interrupted uh, by Shane talking about Braun Strowman. And he's, I think he said if Elias won that match, he would perform at WrestleMania. Yeah, I believe that was the stipulation. But... We all knew better. Braun Strowman picked up the victory over Elias. And um, this was interesting. Yeah. We saw Jackson Riker toss Elias back into the ring so he wouldn't lose via countout. 
Him and him and Riker just don't. I do, I still don't get Elias and Riker combo. Yeah, I don't either. You know, they keep on like going, uh, costing each other. Yeah, but uh, Riker did distract Braun Strowman, so Elias could take advantage. But Braun still ended up with that victory. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Rollins picked up the victory over Shinsuke Nakamura. Before the match, I thought it was a funny segment with Matt Riddle and the Scooter and Nakamura. Nah, that was good. But this match, this match was kind of a, I don't know. I expected myself to be more into it than I really was. Dude, I think in a different year, this could have made for a fun WWE Championship match at Mania. I I agree with that. I, but like the match itself I thought was really good. I think the outcome was obvious, but I enjoyed the hell out of this match. I thought it was oh, yeah. so well done. I I definitely think that it was a fantasy match. Um I just I don't know, maybe I was just tired. But next up you had McIntyre pick up the victory over Sheamus in a no holes barred match. Drew McIntyre coming out there with face paint. Do you think you should have saved that for WrestleMania? I saw a lot of people saying that. I don't um, mind it, but... No, I think it's fine. But uh, this match was super brutal. Those kendo, sh- the kendo stick shots. And that was just the beginning of the match. Mm-hmm. They beat the absolute hell out of each other. There was pyro, more pyro than the AEW main event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, I just, all around, I enjoyed this match. Uh, I totally agree with you. I think Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, their feud has, I've been a huge fan of it. And, you know, it's one of those things where it has to come to an end at some point, but I don't want it to end yet. Yeah. Um, Um, after that, we saw our first intergender match, singles match on a pay-per-view since I believe 2003. Wow. The, the last one being... Vince McMahon versus Stephanie McMahon. But Alexa Bliss defeated Randy Orton here. I loved how they went about this match. Uh, there were people complaining about this match, but I thought from top well, they don't, to bottom. They just don't get it. From top to bottom, this was a fantastic match. I liked even during the entrance, Alexa Bliss com- coming out, posing like Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy and Orton, he, obviously, uh, that was after Randy Orton was out there. Orton spitting up that black gimmick before the match, before Alexa yeah. Bliss even came out. You knew, for, like, and it was not going to go his way. I mean, she she was taunting him to come at her. And there was that point where, from the start of it, she had the, the wall of fire uh, appear in front of her. Yeah. We had the, the lights down to the purple hue. Um, they were going around ringside together. She had the lights, the lighting rig, rig fall down near him. Yeah. And I loved her manners after that. Like, he's like, are you trying to kill me? And she's just like, she's just giggling. She's like, oh, Randy, you're so silly. Like, you know, stuff like that. And it's just, I love it. And it's kind of funny. She, her personality and characteristics right now remind me a lot of, the movie um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Never saw it. Rob Zombie's wife. Uh, beautiful woman and just sick in the head. 
just twisted. Oh, uh, we did see and, Alexa Bliss throw a fireball here. Yeah, we saw the fireball spot. And as we yeah. all thought, we saw the return of the fiend. His hand yeah, came we, up from the ring like uh What did you think of the effects of the the ripping and stuff? What do you mean? Like the sound effects of the added like extra rip of the mat. I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, it sounded like they added an extra uh sound effect like to whoosh. that taking place. Which was kind of weird, but I'm good by it. Um I loved how the fiend when he popped up, he wasn't looking at the camera. He You know, like how he popped up, wasn't looking at it, and then you had that entire turn spot. Yeah, and he, he grabbed Randy Orton, came up through a wall of fire. Yeah, that too. Alexa Bliss pushes Randy Orton into the fiend who hits Sister Abigail. Yeah, with that, du- with that drop kick. I, right I, you know, I thought it was a drop kick, but I went back and watched it, and it's, she's not, was it a drop kick? I think she hit him with a, a drop kick from the turnbuckle. I think it was just a push. Really? I'm not sure, because there's a picture of, of it, and she, there's not it's not a drop kick. Her hands are out. Huh. Yeah. I, I thought that it was a drop Originally, kick. Originally, I the... remember thinking that was a cool drop kick, but then I re-went and, and saw it and because of the picture, and I'm pretty sure it was just a, a, mm. a push. That's interesting. So then, like we said, uh, The Fiend ended up hitting the Sister Abigail. Unless this is like, maybe they goofed and they, there was a drop kick, but, <laughs> but they spliced it together wrong. It, maybe. I don't know. But... What do you think of the fiends? So okay, so Alexa Bliss defeated Randy Orton. I listen. I thought this was so awesome that I don't even care. Like the referee at one point just like takes off, <laughs> and finally gets back into the ring to count the three count. I do not care that that should have been a disqualification that fiend got involved because of how awesome I thought that like everything in this match was. And shooting Randy Orton with a fireball wasn't a DQ? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, if we're getting... If fans are going to nitpick... No, no, I mean, but 100% that match should have been in favor of Randy Orton with a disqualified ending. Of course. I mean, whether it's the fireball spot or the Fiend interfering, yeah, it should have been a DQ. Did, didn't they have a stipulation? I don't think so. I don't know. Why do I feel like they had a stipulation I don't, on it? I definitely don't think so. Oh, but okay. So what do you think? So we've been talking about it, and I personally said how I want a new uh, a new version of The Fiend. I want him to be redone. I want him to have something attributing to him being burnt and lit on fire. Well, like that and had this to have is been exactly... Huh? That had to have been assumed. Of course, yeah, assumed. But this that's exactly what I wanted, and that's exactly what we ended up getting. We got him all charred up, and his arms uh, are all burnt, and his face is all burnt. Um, what's your take of... First, let's talk about what's your take of his appearance, his look. I like it. There are people, I, there are people who are saying that maybe that's not actually The Fiend. Okay, explain. Maybe that's Bo Dallas. No. Uh, that's what there's people saying. Why? I don't think it, but that's what people are thinking. 
What was the and then like real to play mind games with Randy Orton, and then like actual Fiend will return at WrestleMania or something. What would the rationale be? Like, why would they not? That's all. Why would they not believe that? Mind games. But it didn't look like. But I mean, we haven't seen Bo in like a year and a half or something like that. Yeah, but this, but this, whoever was the Fiend was heavy set. Bo Dallas isn't heavy set. Could wear anything underneath that. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I think that it was legit. I me. would assume I think that it's as well. Si- I don't think it was Bo yeah, Dallas. I, no, I think it's silly to think that it was Bo Dallas. It was the Fiend. But I thought that it was creative. It was awesome. Um, and I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be really cool to see what happens at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we're not getting a. a oh Firefly yeah, that Funhouse. does not seem like we're getting a Firefly Funhouse match at all now. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Which I guess I'm okay. Yeah, with, I'm I'm know? completely fine with that as well. They're they have a live crowd, and uh, we had one yeah. last year. You don't want to you don't want to oversaturate that. Exactly, it was a huge success, and you know that at least at some point, if you have to use it again in the future, you have it in the back pocket. Yeah, you know, but. Main but, event of Fastlane yeah. saw the big dog Roman Reigns retain the Universal Championship over Daniel Bryan. This was the second time Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan wrestled and main evented a Fastlane pay-per-view. Interesting. The first time was 2015 with uh, Roman Reigns' number one contender spot from the Royal Rumble on the line. I still hate that once you win the Royal Rumble, it's not a direct sh- slot into WrestleMania anymore. Well, that's you why know? everybody is calling for uh, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to main event night one because she won the Royal Rumble. She should be in that last match of WrestleMania night one. I totally agree with you. There's no, I think that it should be. It would be it would be historical it would get a ton of talk and publicity it would be great for these two women um it would be great for wwe and wrestling and business i think that there's no bad reason not to so in this no match they did mention to. uh roman reigns being somebody no, who's never tapped out before no good reason not to i don't know what was they that mentioned roman reigns never tapping uh-huh. Um, I thought this match started off a little slow, but like not in a bad way. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We saw Daniel Bryan use his technical abilities big time in this match. Yeah. And then he got not, I'm kind of maybe angry ish fired up. Perhaps I liked what he did. The, the running knee off the apron followed by the, the knee off the top rope. There might have been another knee, I'm not positive, but Daniel Bryan accidentally takes out the referee. Roman Reigns hits him with a spear. Edge, the enforcer, gets in the ring to act as the referee. Daniel Bryan kicks out. We see Jey Uso come into the match. Super kick Edge, super kick Daniel Bryan. Grabs a chair, but Daniel Bryan ends up hitting him with that flying knee. And he used the chair on Jey Uso. He goes to use it on Roman Reigns, but he ducks that, and Daniel Bryan accidentally hits Edge. Edge hits, uh, Roman Reigns hits a Superman punch. 
goes for a spear. Super incredibly nice counter from the oh, spear sure. into the yes lock. And we saw Roman Reigns tap out. But first time ever. But Edge hit Daniel Bryan. Edge hits Roman Reigns with that chair. And then Reigns eventually drags himself onto Daniel Bryan to get that victory. And a new referee came out. And once again, Daniel Bryan loses his shot. Not even shot. That was that was his title. He won. Yeah. So what do so at WrestleMania, not to jump ahead, do we see Roman Reigns tapping out legit now? I don't think so. Huh. Okay. Before we move All on right. to Monday Night Raw, they mentioned after the pay-per-view, or WWE announced it, I should say, that unfortunately Andrade is 100% released from WWE now. Yeah, very weird that they announced that after a pay-per-view. Yeah, and it sucks. I said it last week. We were such big fans of his in WWE. We always wanted to see him be like a WWE champion, but that never happened. I mean, one of my favorite feuds was him and Aleister Black. I thought that they had great chemistry in that ring. And, you know, but I just think they, that's okay. They and they, up big time. And it sucks because I, I don't think there's really any place that for him to go that he'd be used the way he deserves to be used. Yeah. Like there's New and, Japan where he can, he can do stuff with Los and Gobernobles. He was part of that stable. There's Triple A where he could be part of La Faccion in Gobernobles. Ring of Honor, Roosh is in Ring of Honor. So whether or not he goes back to Los and Gobernobles, we'll we'll see. Apparently there's no 90 days for him. He's good to go whenever. Must be nice to uh, be engaged to Flair. I, maybe that's maybe that was a thing. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? You know, I, so and I think all eyes now are on Charlotte Flair. Is she going to follow suit with her fiance? Um, and I think that her not being on that WrestleMania has to do with that. Well, no, I know that they announced she has COVID. Yeah, I know that they mentioned about her having COVID, which we hope she has a speedy recovery. And Andrade but... dropped it saying she's good to go in four days whenever he said it. That was like this past week. So Yeah, he he said like add her add her time to add her to that poster. So I think there's definitely Charlotte is the person who you don't need to advertise for WrestleMania. If she shows up in that match, that's fine. I wouldn't like it. We I wanted now the we have another threat, tri- so I don't mind that. Because but now we have another triple threat. I don't I don't know. To me that doesn't make that doesn't matter. I I wouldn't want that to take place. I think I honestly I told you personally, but I think COVID played a factor. But I think this entire Andrade situation, they wanted to see how it played out before they solidify Charlotte in a WrestleMania match. They had to see what steps were going to be taken with Andrade, and then they could decide after I think that. It's but just, they had I to think be it's careful. Just the COVID. Fair enough. 
but because it's all right. it didn't that, that did not happen until the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right, let's get on to it. Let's talk about some Monday night. Monday night nitro, which the uh, last ever Monday night nitro took place on March 26, 2001, 20 years ago. Best day ever. (laughs) Just kidding. But that main event was awful. No offense. Yeah. Uh, But Monday Night Raw kicks off with Bobby Lashley picking up the victory over Sheamus. We saw Shelton Benjamin attack Sheamus while Cedric Alexander distracted the referee. And we saw Bobby Lashley and MVP look puzzled at that. And outside of the stuff that they did here, if Sheamus isn't going to be in that WWE Championship match at WrestleMania, then I don't know why this match took place again. Mm Mm-hmm. Just maybe to break up the Hurt Business, perhaps? Because we saw the Hurt Business attack Sheamus. McIntyre makes the save. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, we saw Bobby Lashley yell at Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. And MVP said, you better make it up to him. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Asuka picks up a victory over Peyton Royce. Always nice to see Peyton Royce on uh, on Monday Night Raw. The match, I think, here had a, a slow start, different than Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, but it picked up. I thought that this match was a lot of fun. I thought that they really did great. I thought Peyton Royce uh, did outstanding in showing why she deserves to be um, be up there yeah, with us. One hundred percent. Peyton Royce should be on Monday Night Raw every week. Yeah, she she deserves it. But after she lost, Rhea Ripley makes her official Raw debut. Brought up Charlotte Flair uh, not being there due to COVID. And then she just challenged Asuka to a match at WrestleMania. And Asuka accepted that. And this, whether or not Charlotte is inserted into this match which I would not mind as long as Charlotte doesn't win. Mm -hmm. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley is a match that I would have loved to have seen at a takeover. Mm -hmm. So if Charlotte is actually not going to be in this match and it's actually Asuka versus Rhea Ripley one-on-one, then I'm going to be jealous that I did not get to see that match live if it lives (laughs) up to my expectations at least. I think it's safe to say that this is going to be an awesome match. That's an awesome bout. But next up, you had Miz speaking T. Of awesome. Yeah, speaking of awesome, Miz TV. Yeah, they go over how famous Bad Bunny is, and they went over last week uh, all the events that took place. And then they announced Hey Hey Hop Hop will be premiering next week on The Dirt <laughs> Sheet, which I'm all for. They played a little bit of it. Miz and John Morrison have a reggaeton song coming out, and I'm pumped for that. <laughs> uh, but then the Miz challenged Bad Bunny to a match for WrestleMania. We see I think- Miz then pick up a victory over Jeff Hardy. 
And Jeff had John Morrison go to the back to prove that he's a real man so he could do a one-on-one match. And I did not expect Miz to pick up the victory here. I didn't expect Miz to... Well, no, no. I expected Miz to get the victory. But I do love the fact... I didn't expect Jeff Hardy to be in action. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that was the thing that caught me off guard because just the other day you were saying that, like, what's going on with Jeff Hardy? Yeah, um, but after the match, we saw Bad Bunny smash a guitar over the Miz's back, like actually smash a guitar, like not tap, gently, lightly tap a guitar. Yeah, he whacked that. <laughs> and he accepted right his back. Miz's challenge. I'm excited for so that. So right now, apparently, John Morrison and Damian Priest are both dealing with injuries. So according to the news sites, they didn't want to put a tag team match unless they knew for certain that everybody in the tag team match can make it. Mm-hmm. So right now it's just one-on-one. So we'll, we'll see how that turns out. It's a match that I think everybody saw coming since Royal Rumble. Yeah. And I think that this match is going to be, I think it's going to be huge. It's going to be exciting for me to see at least. I know a lot of people are still like, who's bad bunny, but mm-hmm. get over it. After that, we saw AJ Styles come out, put Amos over with his debut match happening at WrestleMania. They move on to talking about the New Day. The New Day come out, make fun of them, etc. AJ Styles just didn't know anything about Amos, like his favorite anything. But it leads into a singles match. Kofi Kingston picks up the victory over AJ Styles in a good match. The ending happened because Xavier Woods, when AJ Styles was going for the phenomenal forearm, Xavier Woods played AJ Styles' uh, TNA theme song, which I popped for, on trombone. (laughs) And AJ got scared, and I thought that spot looked great. Get ready to fly! And then, uh, what is Get Ready to Fly? That's his theme song. It's... I am, I am. Yeah, but the start of it is, get ready to fly, Boom. I am, I am. Oh. I don't remember that part. Yeah, like right at the start, it's the get ready to fly. And then it goes into it. So, Amos went for Xavier Woods, uh, but... We saw AJ Styles uh, go for the forearm again. Kofi Kingston catches him with the SOS to pick up the victory there. Yeah. Uh, we saw, next up. We saw Sheamus uh-huh. asked about Drew McIntyre, which gets cut off by Riddle, who was scooting around him, and then Sheamus attacked him with it. I, what did you think about this aspect? Like with the, like, I don't mind the scooter segments. Riddle just—I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I don't—I don't mind them. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with it at all. But we did see earlier on Adam Pierce question Drew McIntyre helping Sheamus, and then moved on to the Hurt Business challenging Drew McIntyre, which Drew McIntyre accepted, and he wanted the stipulation added that if he defeats them, they're banned from ringside at WrestleMania. McIntyre goes on to defeat the Hurt Business which I think was pretty one-sided for the first half of the match. 
Yeah. Her business took control, but then McIntyre gets that big comeback at the end. Beautiful Claymore to Cedric. Oh, totally. And then we saw MVP. I, I, yeah, no, I was just going to say that, yeah. MVP yelled at Shelton and Cedric afterwards. And Lashley yeah. went to find somebody who could take out Drew McIntyre. And he offered the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania to Akira Tozawa, Umberto Carrillo, Drew Gulak, Lucha House Party, and Ricochet. All the 24-7 championship guys. Here's where it would have been cool if there was a swerve where, uh, like, next week, everybody's trying to take out Drew McIntyre. No luck. And and out of nowhere, from behind or something, Andrade comes out. And everything with Andrade this past three weeks has been a complete swerve. And he somehow steps into that McIntyre mania spot. Especially since they have history together. But that's mm-hmm. just complete Mark dreams. That clearly will never happen. No. Not at all. Unfortunately. It's just that I had so much high hopes for Andrade. I got high hopes. After that, we saw Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler pick up the victory over Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Lana and Naomi were on commentary calling for a rematch. Um... I, I just thought this was a pretty pointless segment. Mm-hmm. We got some cool yeah. flips from Reginald. Shayna Baszler did a really cool backbreaker. But I, I I like the Reginald aspect. And I don't know. This entire thing with Shayna just not being into any of that. And yeah, that back that backbreaker was sick. Yeah. Uh, we saw but. Shane McMahon speak about Braun Strowman. Elias and Jackson Riker were there as well. They all played a song together called Braun is Stupid. Then we saw Braun Strowman defeat Elias. <laughs> and they played an actual train sound effects for Braun Strowman to run around the ring. Oh, man. And it, like, yeah, it was beyond goofy. But if they keep doing that, maybe it could grow on me. Uh, don't say that because I, it's I don't true. know. It it can. I mean, so are they playing that? Now the question is, are they going to play that at the live events? Or is it just an added thing? Live events is not a thing at all right now. I, the only person like, running a live event is AEW during WrestleMania weekend, even though... I believe Cody said That's they're true. not going to do that. But are they? Do they actually air it over the loudspeaker? Well, yeah, that's what that. Yeah, that's what the you hear the crowd noise in the in the Thunderdome. That's true. So when that happened at first, I was just like, "Wow, the Long Island Railroad." I mean, usually I hear it, but <laughs> you know, that's pretty that's pretty loud. And then I was just like, "Wait a second. <laughs> and then I I muted the TV, and then I unmuted it. And I was just like. Oh, no. (laughs) So Shane McMahon smacked his crutch over Braun's back afterwards, which did not do anything. And Shane ran off to show that he was faking his injury. Braun challenged Shane for WrestleMania. And Shane said any match Braun wants. 
what does that mean? Like, is he gonna do like a handicap match and Nicholas versus Nicholas and Braun versus Shane will happen? Uh I don't know what he no DQ. I, that wouldn't favor Braun. No, but that's the only thing I could think of because I mean, I don't know. We're gonna have the involvement of of Elias somehow. I'm challenging you to a hell in a cell. I would. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Hey, I don't mind I Braun think, versus Shane McMahon at all. I'm like, I'll go to bat for Shane McMahon every single time. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great match. I and I'm sure people are hating on it, aren't yeah, they? Everyone's like, oh, remember Undertaker versus Shane? And I'm like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> I remember it, liking it. Was it. An, yeah, <laughs> do you remember uh, Shane versus The Miz? Yeah, that was a good match. Everyone, like, uh, completely, oh, this match is going to suck. This match is going to suck. And then it did not suck. Uh, remember George, Shane McMahon George versus Mizan AJ Styles? What about versus AJ Styles? Yeah. That was right? the literally one, maybe the, the match of WrestleMania that year. Without a, without a doubt. I mean, and then his matches versus Kevin o- with Kevin Owens. Yeah. The Shane McMahon... I, I have like Shane McMahon. You have to love for the fact that he always has people doubting him and his abilities in the ring. Yet every single time he gets in that ring, it is a phenomenal match. And maybe it's not the best technical match, but it is probably the most entertaining match on the event on the entire card. The one thing I will give people is the the punches, but. Yeah, the punches and stuff like that. But that's like because that. he could of actually course. kill you if he was punching you for real, so. <laughs> for real. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I bet he could actually knock people out. Uh, what do you mean? He trains. He's been training as a boxer for years. Yeah. I guarantee I you, know. Shane McMahon, if, if he was like 20 years younger, he'd be like, he'd have such a good boxing record. I don't know. Yeah, almost guarantee you that. But earlier in the night, we saw Alexa Bliss uh, basically just warning Randy Orton about calling out The Fiend, which is what Randy Orton was doing, wanting to do. And I could swear to God she was humming Girl All the Bad Guys Want during this. I I missed it. Um, which would make sense because she's a huge fan of theirs. Uh-huh. But And they, they have they... a song called Alexa Bliss as well. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they do a song about her? <laughs> yeah. But Randy Orton comes out to call out The Fiend. He had a bag with him. And he promised that after he's done, there's not going to be an Alexa Bliss anymore. There's not going to be a Fiend after what he does to The Fiend on Monday Night Raw. Alexa Bliss comes out, does the little jack-in-the-box, and finally finishes it. And The Fiend pops out. Got Fiend gimmicks starting to happen. And then he appears behind Randy Orton with some cane pyro. Orton had a gasoline canister in that bag. And nervously shook it onto the Fiend. And the Fiend just stood there. Just 
no selling anything, not moving or like there was actually a moment where I was just like, did they cut away and put a stuff, uh, a dummy yeah. there? And that, but then I was just, then I saw him breathe and I'm like, no, that's not a dummy. Cause kind of like what happened last time. But the fiend but, stepped towards Randy Orton, got hit with an RKO. Alexa Bliss gets in the ring and the fiend gets up. Locks in that mandible claw and then hits a sister Abigail. Alexa nah. Bliss points to the WrestleMania sign and like fire shoots everywhere. Will we see some sort of stipulation to that match? Maybe not a Firefly Funhouse match. Maybe we'll see some sort of. Oh, well, no, I don't want to say Inferno match because we did see that already, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to see that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just going to be a one-on-one. I don't know. I I would, honestly, I would probably say one-on-one. I would probably say one-on-one. Well, that was Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT, we saw Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai pick up a victory over Zoe Starks and Io Shirai. Um... Another good showing for for Stark, Starks. Yeah, another one in the books for her. Um, she was the one that took the pin from Raquel, which makes the most sense with Raquel yeah, and Io having the title match. Yeah, but Io Shirai drop kicks or not drop kicks, just uh, uh, hits Dakota Kai afterwards, and Raquel knocked Io out big time. She power bombed her onto the commentary table. That was a nasty spot too. Yeah, and the table did not break. Yeah, but the way that she caught her, like her back landed right across the the like elevated aspect of that table. Yeah, the overhang. They showed footage of Adam Cole showing up to a gym where Kyle O'Reilly was training, and they brawled there. And how many times did they show this throughout the night? Yeah, but Kyle O'Reilly showed up to the building. Roderick Strong told him that he needs to kick Adam Cole's ass. And then Kyle O'Reilly said, it's not between you and us. It's me and Adam Cole. And then Roderick Strong told Kyle O'Reilly that him and Adam could both go to hell. So, man. Kind of breaking free from them. Yeah. But next up, you had Bronson Reed pick up the victory over Lud Knight. What the hell? Um, I, Yeah. Like, I'm glad was... Bronson Reed is in a position where he is maybe getting a push like he was a few months ago. Uh-huh. But what the hell? Yeah, LA Knight, I, was... I don't think, should be losing. He literally had his debut match last week. <laughs> Uh, exactly. I, I mean, Lenite just came out, and now he's losing to Bronson Reed that quickly. It's it was it was just an NXT too. Yeah, but after that, we saw William Regal. Uh, well, earlier in the day, I mean, if I announced. if 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 I was getting a splash from the top turnbuckle from Bronson Reed too, I would be out too. Right. You know, that's na- how do you you can't kick out of that? Right. Exactly. You know, that's the that's the thing. If Bronson Reed hits you with that move right now, nobody should be kicking at him. Right. So we saw announced earlier in the day though that Danny Birch was injured 
last week. So William Regal vacated the NXT Tag Team Championships. I don't really know why Oni Lorcan doesn't get a chance to find a partner or bring in Pat McAfee. I don't know what Pete Dunne is doing that he can't step in for Birch. But Oni Lorcan is no longer tag team champions. Uh, neither is Danny Birch. And instead, the titles are vacated for a match at Stand and Deliver Night 1, which will be MSK taking on the Grizzled Young Veterans and Legato Del Fantasma. Which you... Well, you called uh, half of that. Well, I mean, two-thirds. Yeah, two-thirds, two-thirds, yeah. <laughs> We're talking fractions here, brother. Yeah. Um, I feel like I want the grizzled young veterans to win there. I agree with you. I think that they deserve it. Unless they're going to do something with, like, Legato standing tall, but we'll talk about know. that in a bit. But Karrion Cross picks it, up the victory over Oni Lorcan. Which did not start like an Oni Lorcan match, but it eventually got there. Like, the, the fire just wasn't there. But I was happy to eventually see a little bit of the hard-hitting style from Oni Lorcan. Yeah, he went right at him. Uh, but it wasn't, uh, it just wasn't there. The fire wasn't there. I mean, you can't really have much fire against Karrion Cross. I mean, Right, and that's I understand that's what they're painting the picture of. Yeah, I mean, I think that they gave Oni Larkin enough it, it, oomph to step it up was, to him. It, he towards had... the end of the match, there was a little bit, but no, I thought I thought towards the beginning he he showed chutzpah. Eh. Eh, okay. But afterwards, Karrion Cross addressed Finn Balor, which brings out Finn Balor, which I liked him stepping over Oni Larkin to get to the ring. Yeah, but Balor announced that he sees. Or saw Carrying uh, Cross's weakness last week, and he said that he's champion because he no longer shows any emotions. And I don't know why he would tell, storyline wise, tell Carrying Cross his basically his weakness. Mm-hmm. Like find something that he's gonna get emotional yeah. about. Yeah, but. That was the end of that segment. We saw William Regal announce a 12-man battle royal for next week to see who will face Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship at TakeOver Night 2. This is where it got super confusing. I swear to God, I saw somebody tweeted out that they felt like that was like Steiner math, and I swear to God, I felt so stupid after hearing this announcement. (laughs) Okay. Because Regal goes, there's going to be a 12-man battle royal. The final six will enter a gauntlet eliminator match for night one in the order they were eliminated in the battle royal. And then the winner of that will then go on to face Johnny Gargano. I was like, wait, hold on. What is going on here? I don't understand what's happening. You you just... You just couldn't have the winner face him. I, yeah, I don't. What I don't know. I mean, it's got six men in one match. That's so gonna be a dope match, regardless of who's in that. Because we have Kushida yeah. in this match. We have Leon Ruff, Austin Theory, L.A. Knight, Tyler Rust, Jake Atlas, Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes, Roderick Strong, Isaiah Swerve Scott, and Pete Dunn. Yeah. And then later on, we saw Johnny Gargano like kind of yell at William Regal about it and question him. And Regal just told him to study all 12 of them. He's got the one up. He can literally go and watch all 12 people and study their weaknesses. Yes, study. 
We saw footage of Drake Maverick storming Imperium's locker room the day before, wanting to know where Killian Dane was, which then sets up a match between Walter and Drake Maverick. And this went exactly how you'd think it went. I was disappointed. What what were you hoping out of this? I wanted to hear him get chopped during the match. I I wanted to just see him destroy him a little bit longer. Well, we did get chops, though. Yeah, but at the end. Champa came out afterwards and said that the NXT UK Championship is intriguing to him. And then challenged Walter to a match at TakeOver. Which Walter accepts, and then Champa, for some reason, goes to attack Walter, but Imperium jumped in. And then he got chopped. So Walter is working double duty that week. Because he has an NXT UK Championship match at the NXT UK special. Yeah. Jesse Kamea was announced that she's out with an injury. So Robert Stone ends up paying Mercedes Martinez to team with Aaliyah. Um, in a tag team championship match. And Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon pick up the victory, retaining over the Robert Stone brand. Um, Aaliyah has been part of NXT since 2015. And mm-hmm. I think that was her first on-air title match. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's been on and off and everything. She was on Breaking Ground. She was one of the, the people that, that were followed around. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that there hasn't been more done with Mercedes Martinez either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Aaliyah, I still have to see a lot more from. I still not. I still think that she's rather green. We haven't seen enough of her. Well, that's even furthering the point of being green. We did see afterwards the way kind of challenged Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart and I I don't know if they accepted I was kind of like I think so I, I, was, I mean I don't know I wasn't really understanding that part but we also I think it's safe to say we also saw unrelated to that Cameron Grimes speak to Roderick Strong about Undisputed Era breaking up and he said that it does not have to be the actual end of Undisputed Era and offered to pay for the licensing fees or the licensing rights, I mean, of Undisputed Era, the name. And Roderick Strong just attacked Cameron Grimes. So I thought that was a funny segment. Yeah. Next up, you had Jordan Devlin pick up the victory over Kushida to retain the championship. Um, a good, solid match, especially with Devlin returning to... NXT. Yeah, uh, we saw Legato Del Fantasma come out and save Jordan Devlin from losing. Kushida takes out Legato Del Fantasma after the match. And then Escobar goes face-to-face with Jordan Devlin. Shawn Michaels' music hits, and as soon as it hit, I'm like, holy crap, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing a ladder match. They're going to do it. Shawn Michaels comes out, takes a ladder out. And uh, both titles, I assume, will be suspended above the ring, like Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, and he did it perfectly. He slid that 
ladder in right between yeah, them. I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was absolutely yeah. great. Uh, for NXT sure. comes to an end, though. Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly come out for their, their uh, contract signing. And William Regal yelled at both of them and announced that they're going to be facing each other at NXT TakeOver in an unsanctioned match. NXT accepts no fault at the damage done during the match. I thought there was going to be like a stipulation or something. I had for weeks thought there was going to be like a um, a cinematic match between the two of them, but I'm so much more happy that it's not a cinematic match. But I should this have had a stipulation? I, I don't know. Like a loser leaves NXT? Um, I, I don't know. I'm excited for Colin O'Reilly. This has been a match that I've been wanting for a long time. They were teaming together. Now we get to see them fight against each other again. Fantastic mic and, work from both of them, too. Yeah, for sure. After it ended, after NXT ended, Adam Cole, they showed online, ends up punching security and William Regal trying to get to, to Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know if there are going to be like repercussions there yeah. or, or some stipulation perhaps added to that. I don't know. Maybe it'll be a cage match. I, I just, I have no idea. Nah. I think it would have been cool if perhaps they rented out Barclays Center for this. Because that's where Undisputed Era began at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I did not think they would do that, but still would have been cool. Yeah, for sure. But NXT let's... UK... Yeah, that. Let's get on to that. Again, Peacock not really working in my favor here. Uh, it didn't show up until 4.08, so that's kind of annoying. But there was a Supernova Sessions with Trent Seven. Sa- uh, Shaw Samuels came out to get in Trent Seven's face, and it sets up Trent being in Tyler Bates' corner in two weeks against Shaw Samuels. Uh, We saw Joseph Connors pick up a victory over Jack Stars, which I thought was a really good match. That stemmed from the mixed tag match from uh, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, Primate and T-Bone, T-Bone now part of their group, defeated Danny Jones and Josh Morrell. I thought this was going to be a quicker match just to introduce the fact that T-Bone was part of the hunt since they kicked Boar out, but that did not happen. It was somewhat of a lengthy match. Mm-hmm. We saw Isla Dawn pick up a victory over Aaliyah James. Um, I kind of think the outcome of this was obvious, but I'm still such a fan of Aaliyah James, and I want to see more and more of her on NXT as well. But we're seeing a darker side of Isla Dawn now. And after the match, Kaylee Ray confronted her, and she's like, maybe if you were like this all along, you'd be standing in my position as the longest reigning champion and she starts doing some like dark power gimmick and Kaylee Ray's like nope and left I thought that was funny but after that we saw Ilya Dragunov pick up a victory over Sam Gradwell in a no disqualification match the ref ends up stopping the match after Ilya just boom 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 with those elbows to Sam Gradwell heck of a no no disqualification match though the use of the chairs I thought was absolutely awesome. 
Uh, there was one point where Ilya Dragunov kicked Sam Gradwell in the head where I thought that was going to be the end of the match. Like, I thought it was going to be like a knockout punt kick finish, but that wasn't it. Um, I would definitely 110% recommend people go back and watch that match from this past week. Um, but now that the Cruiserweight Championship, I assume Santos Escobar is going to be winning at um, TakeOver. TakeOver. And even if not, Jordan Devlin could still win and stay in the United States. I just mm-hmm. don't see the Cruiserweight Championship going back to NXT UK. And because of that, I think maybe they could now use a secondary title. I'm not sure if the Heritage Cup would count as that, but because they do have that. But if not, then I definitely think they could use another title now. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get on to SmackDown, we had some rumors circulating. And normally we don't like to talk about rumors because they're just rumors with a big Z. But this week... It was um, about Rob Van Dam being an inductee to the Hall of Fame this year. I think the rumors were started by Sabu saying it in an interview. By saying, oh, I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but whatever. But nothing's official yet. And Paul Heyman also teased it on Twitter. There's a video clip of, uh, not a video clip, a picture, a still frame of him doing the Rob Van Dam hands saying, I wonder which inductee this is for. Hmm. So it's not official yet, but officially the WWE... I can't, I can't see them doing that without it being a. Uh, yeah, soon. obviously, yeah. So yeah. on uh, Wednesday, the WWE India Instagram account announced that the great Kali will be inducted to the Hall of Fame. And then they showed off on WWE Now, uh, Ranjin Singh was the one to tell Great Khali that he's going to be inducted. So I thought that's cool. A lot of people yeah, are I like think... so against Great Khali going to the and going into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I think Great Khali the Hall of Fame is like larger than life characters and Great Khali fits under that. I uh I learned some things about Khali this week. Um like what? He got his start in California. With Roland Alexander, the promoter from Beyond the Mat. Interesting. I did not know that. I knew he was signed to WCW, but obviously they closed in 2001 on basically this date almost. Um, And then he went to New Japan. And I think if fans saw New Japan and like, outside of WWE Kali, like a younger Kali, they'd be way Uh more happy with great Kali. I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't think that he's a hall of famer, but I, but so I don't think he's a hall of famer, but I do think that for his name value, I think he brings a lot to the table. I don't know. I just, it's I'm, the criteria is not like championship, championship, championship. You must be yeah. this time, this many time champion. That's very true. That's very true. I mean, he's he's huge in India. Yeah, he he really Literally. is. So I think that uh, you know, why not? 
Why not? Like you said, it's not. There's no real criteria for it. And hey, I mean, look at Coco Beware. He set the trend for that one. I I'm not like the person that that'll go around trashing Hall of Famers. There are people that are like up and down, pissed off about who gets inducted, and it's like, just be happy. When somebody that you do like gets inducted. You don't have to go around trashing other Hall of Fame inductees. Well, I mean, dude, Coco Beware. You don't have to trash other inductees. Doesn't deserve to be there, dude. But speaking of the Hall of Fame, also on Wednesday morning on WWE The Bump, Kane was on, and I I was like, maybe this is where they're going to like surprise Kane with Rob Van Dam or something, and then Kane will tell Rob Van Dam. That he's getting inducted. <laughs> However, Kane is on the bump and all of a sudden the Undertaker's gong goes off and Undertaker shows up and eventually surprises Kane with the announcement of him getting inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame. Shocker. So I'm, I'm very happy that Kane's getting inducted. Always one of my favorite uh, professional wrestlers. He he was the reason why I was scared to go to my first live event. <laughs> um, Hook, lion, and sinker. But yeah, well, because I yeah I saw him choke slam a fan in the crowd, and I was like, uh oh, uh oh, I don't want Kane's that happening choke to slam me. me. No. I don't want to go, Dad. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm super pumped that that Kane will be getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. I. Yeah, he he deserves it. I don't know how this induction ceremony is going, but with Paul Heyman putting that photo out there, maybe it will be like how I said with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It could be. I mean, well, the thing is also, now Batista's not going to be in it. Yes, Batista announced that he will be saved for a WrestleMania with actual, a Hall of Fame with actual fans. Which is kind of like interesting conversation to have, you know? I like, I don't know. I, he had to have said something about it, it, it saying perhaps you know? it could also just be his his filming schedule too. I don't know. I guess that's that's what they're saying. That's what his tweet said was his filming schedule that he has a, pr- a prior commitment and stuff. Yeah, maybe he's got to film so, Guardians three. Yeah, so or, or I, I can definitely Spider Man. We don't know. I mean, honestly, if that's the case, hold off. The guy's a. I think he's becoming a. He's becoming a big name. Yeah, you know, I'm disappointed with. Uh, <laughs> not really the suit. I mean, yes, it would have been cool to see him. I uh, went to see a show on Broadway, and Mark Ruffalo was supposed to star in it. Uh huh. But when I went, it was announced that he pulled out for that weekend or whatever because he had to go film Avengers stuff. Uh-huh. So it's like, oh, no, that's, that's fine. You're, if it was anything else, it would have sucked, but you went to film Avengers stuff, so I'm yeah. fine with it. <laughs> and it was still cool. Danny DeVito was in it and still enjoyed the show. But the that's last cool. bit of tidbit news... WWE Thunderdome is moving again to a third location. The Yingling Center in Tampa, Florida, which previously hosted Saturday Night's main event in 1985 and 1988, as well as the 
1995 Royal Rumble back when it was the USF Sundome. And the move is happening April 12th. Do you think we'll get a different setup? I don't think so. But the USF Sundome, the um the Yingling Center is a smaller venue. Maybe they'll have fans. It's it's a lot smaller than where they're at right now. I still don't get why they don't have fans now. If they're having fans in NXT. I guess then it's easier. Well, because it's, again, it's a I'm, lot easier to regulate the performance center and control the per, 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 the performance center than it is a gigantic I don't think so. Just regulate. I mean, I'm not saying let in everybody, but you can let in 25 25 people. You don't need to hire parking attendants. You don't need to hire people to attend to to the the merchandise stands or whatever. You don't have to have, like, all these attendants walking around. So don't sell merch. That's not how it works, though. I, I I would just replicate what they're doing at they NXT. Might, they might sell merchandise at NXT right now. I'm not sure of that. But that's their yeah, guys. I, you don't have to. Yeah, but, uh, if you're working uh, an arena, you need to hire the arena's staff. So that just saves man. them from spending that. Yeah. Plus parking. Everything like that. You need parking attendants and everything. So yeah. here you just show up to the Capitol, the Capitol Wrestling Center, the Performance Center. True. But moving over to SmackDown, we saw Daniel Bryan come out, cut a, a uh, fired up promo about how he earned the main event of WrestleMania, but didn't get it. So he's going to sit in the ring until he does get it. Adam Pierce comes out. And says that he can't give him a rematch. And then Daniel Bryan pitched him getting a title shot immediately after Roman Reigns versus Edge. To which Adam Pierce was like, well, that that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan's like, of course it's not fair. But I, I did that after the Elimination Chamber. Then he pitched Edge Edge and uh, and Roman Reigns for night one. And Daniel Bryan versus the winner of that at night two. Edge came out and said Daniel Bryan doesn't deserve that and attacked him. And Edge came out on top with this uh, steel chair. We're seeing a meaner side of Edge. Yeah. We haven't seen that side in a little bit. First uh, match of the night, though, we saw Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Nakamura. This was at the pay-per-view. I appreciate the match, but why do it again? I don't know. I feel like but I feel like the aftermath was... could have been done because of like a an interview segment or something like that. Mm. Seth Rollins attacked Nakamura afterwards. Cesaro ran down, make the save, and then Seth Rollins issued a challenge at WrestleMania or for WrestleMania, I should say, and Cesaro accepted. So yeah. I believe that's Cesaro's first singles match at WrestleMania. Wow. Yeah. He even got a hold of him backstage. Yeah. That's when know. he accepted. And he did the swing. Yeah, yeah. 
They're like, oh my god, is he going to break the record? Which makes me think he's going to, like, quote-unquote, break the record at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Surely, I hate, surely he's got to I hate there. when people count. What? Oh, because I hate do, when people count. Like half rotations or whatever. Yeah, they, they're counting, like, seconds. They're not counting rotations. Right. Well, maybe he'll swing him 37 times in honor of WrestleMania 37. That'd be interesting. After that, we saw Apollo Crews team up with the Alpha Academy to defeat Big E and the Street Profits. I thought uh, one of the bigger things that stood out from this was when Montez Ford went for a springboard and Mm -hmm. Chad Gable, like, reversed it with, like, the nicest reversal Northern Lights suplex that I've ever seen. That, yeah, that was sick. And this was a, a really good match. I enjoyed most of it. Um, but Apollo Crews picks up the victory over Big E, and that is going to be a match at WrestleMania, again for the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. I I don't know why he keeps getting title shots, but I'm thinking maybe Big E could lose at WrestleMania. I I could definitely see him lose at WrestleMania. We saw the Kevin sure. Owens show. With Sami Zayn as a special guest, which he announced a documentary. I think it was the premiere of his documentary. Or was a trailer premiere? I'm not sure. But next week, Red Carpet, Logan Paul is going to be there, which I think is just awful. I hate Logan Paul. He's the uh, the guy that got famous on YouTube. He showed a an actual dead person on his YouTube vlog, and they like suspended him for a week, and that was it. But Kevin Owens challenged Sami Zayn to a one-on-one match at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn accepted, and Kevin Owens attacked Sami Zayn. I believe we mentioned it last week where we saw that match WrestleMania weekend 2012. Mm -hmm. So I am pumped, 100% looking forward to Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. I I agree. I think that they're going to deliver. We saw Bianca Belair pick up a victory over Natalia. Um, Sasha Banks came out during this, and Tamina, behind the referee's back, got involved, but like, there's no way the referee didn't see Tamina up on the apron. Mm-hmm. But that didn't even really even factor into the match. We saw during the match, Bianca Belair slap Sasha Banks, who was on commentary. And for me, this match was just okay. After the match was over, we saw Sasha Banks hit Bianca Belair with a backstabber. And that was the end of that. Yeah. Rey Mysterio picked a picked up a victory over Dolph Ziggler. They were saying how Rey Mysterio wants to be, or Rey Mysterio himself, I believe, said he wants to be tag team champions with Dominic. Um Dolph Ziggler hits like a sick power bomb over the barricade to to Rey Mysterio which I thought was cool. And then he super kicked Dom Dominic. I almost said Domino, (laughs) but Robert Roode got involved in this, which drew Dominic into the ring later on. Ray Mysterio goes to dive outside the ring onto Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler hit a sick reversal zigzag there, which I popped for. He didn't, he didn't get all of it, but it still looked yeah, sick. But yeah, it was still great. And I thought this was a, a really good match. 
I think it's clearly going to lead to Rey Mysterio and Dominic versus um, Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs for the titles at WrestleMania. Yeah. Everyone throughout the night, though, was confronting Adam Pearce about the main event of WrestleMania. Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Edge also ended up confronting Roman Reigns in his locker room and told him to maybe pull some strings because Edge could be the one that that pins Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and Roman Reigns loses the title. Hmm. Adam Pearce comes out and announced a triple threat at WrestleMania and they all brawled. Edge came out on top after using a chair on Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. He was going to go for the concerto, it looked yeah, like. Yeah, but um, Pat Buck ran out, took a chair shot. Jamie Noble took a chair shot, and Daniel Bryan left the ring. I thought maybe it'd be cool if we saw a situation where night one, it'd be Daniel Bryan versus Jey Uso. Mm-hmm. With the stipulation of if he defeats Jey Uso, he goes on to WrestleMania night two. Yeah. But I got what I wanted out of this. Edge versus Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns for that WWE championship, uh, Universal Championship. I, hey, I, I'm excited for WrestleMania overall. Yeah. But that's SmackDown. Yeah. So, hey, Brandon, do you got any uh, shout outs? This is Droopy Dog, and you're listening to Brandon's shout out. George Siegel is getting the first shout out. He unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 87. Uh, he was most recently Pops on the Goldbergs, but he's been in so many movies and TV shows like Just Shoot Me. Uh, he was the the father and the cable guy. Uh, he was in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting mm-hmm. Actor, but. I really, I can't imagine what the Goldbergs is going to be without Pops on it. Yeah, uh, he was a, had a big role in that TV show and very, very funny. Uh, Jessica Walter is getting the second shout out. She also unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 80. Uh, probably most known for her roles uh, to our generation, at least, as Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development, Fran Sinclair on Dinosaurs, and... Mallory Archer on Archer. Um, I think for what it's worth, she, as Lucille Bluth, was one of the funniest television mothers on television. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if this is ironic or not, but she played George Siegel's ex-wife on an episode of Just Shoot Me. Huh. I think that's weird. Yeah, but. Our condolences go out to them, their their friends, their family. And my third shout-out with Andrade being released, I'm going to give that shout-out to Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano from NXT TakeOver Philadelphia in 2018. That was... An incredible match. It ranks so high on one of the top matches in NXT history. We saw 
Amos retained the NXT Championship in that match. Uh, and I really do hope wherever he lands, I'll be able to watch and cheer him on and support him. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, always going to be a fan. But those are my shout outs. Now it's time for Ow. Ow. is right our mark out moment of the week i'll kick it off before i forget <laughs> but <laughs> um today on the ellen degeneres show uh twitch brought up how he, uh he brought up the rock and the undertaker and the rock running for uh president in 2024 <laughs> and then they played an entire clip of how instead of saying rock like he said Dwayne Johnson so he would say go out and Dwayne Johnson your vote and uh, sometimes I felt like a Dwayne Johnson in a hard place when making this decision Um, and it was really funny so I definitely marked out for that Uh, something I marked out for was the broken skull sessions with Randy Orton uh, I think this might have been my favorite episode. Randy, did you hear Randy on his podcast um, originally? Or I don't no? think so. It was probably one of my favorite podcasts. Randy Orton to to. gave like really cool insight in regards to what all current wrestlers should be doing with stuff. With like the smallest little things. He mentioned at one point when he was facing... John Cena in a ladder match how he's up at the the top of the ladder he can win but he takes a second just to look back at John Cena and it's something that Vince McMahon said to him that just like always stuck with him in his career so it was really cool and I think if you're like in the business or trying to be in the business definitely check that out for sure uh, it, and the one that I it was Randy Orton on the Edge and Christian podcast, I believe. Oh, yeah, but definitely give that a listen too. Um, also on Monday Night Raw, I had no idea what the heck was happening. Uh, but, but they started playing an NWO ad, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what the hell's happening here?" And it was a little confusing. But then they ended up going into talking about the Hall of Fame, but. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't expecting the, the following message has been paid for and sponsored, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, what's happening here? And then obviously the, the biggest <laughs> pop outside of that was Shawn Michaels on NXT. Mm-hmm. Just hearing that theme song come out uh, and then deliver that, that ladder match. And it really helped sell. Like if you were maybe on the fence about Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar because it's a 205 live gimmick, etc. Shawn Michaels, I think, really helped maybe make more people interested in that due to the WrestleMania 10 stipulation. I mean, how many people, how many people this day and age would have back then been like, "Oh, Shawn Michaels, he's just a 205 guy. He's not gonna be, to put him against uh, the Undertaker." Come on, no. I don't think Shawn was ever 205, but 
No, but you 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 get the point. You know, he was he was one of the smaller guys. Also, we saw a stare down between Shawn Michaels and Adam Cole. That's true. Is that going to lead to anything? I don't know. But that is the mark out moment of the week. And that was episode 529. Check us out. Take it home. Yeah, Twitter, at Marking Out. Uh, Instagram as well uh, for me, BTTG161 on Twitter. Chris Sweendog at Dave the Rave underscore MO. Check us out, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. YouTube and Instagram, Marking Out 11. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Use the code regardless at manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping. Twitch.tv slash marking out. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts. Rate and review. Subscribe. We wish you markingout.com. Also, have a happy Passover. Yes, happy Pesach. The. The. Best of lucky future ever. Have a fantastic week.